are tuning into the Awaken Your Brilliance podcast. My name is Kara, and I truly believe that our greatest life lies on the other side of a few mindset, lifestyle, and environment changes. When we start to tune into these changes, we can truly awaken our brilliance. So thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to bring you this knowledge, insight, and wisdom. Hello and welcome. I feel like I need a outstanding drum roll to welcome in this first episode. I have literally been wanting to start a podcast for over two years and I finally bit in the bullet and decided to go for it. So I am so happy that you are here tuning in. Uh, You're going to get so much value from this first podcast. Uh, I sit down with Joelle Beck-Smith, beautiful, shiny, brilliant goddess, and we have an amazing conversation about all things meditation, yoga. Uh, She is a Vedic meditation teacher in practice. She's also a vegan, such an advocate for the animals on our planet, and she's just full of love. She has so much wisdom, such an inspiring story, and I know that you're going to gain so much value from listening to her speak. So without further ado, let's bring on Joelle Beck-Smith. All right. Hello and welcome. (laughs) Thank you. To Joelle, um, my beautiful friend. We are sitting here today. So Tuesday, Tuesday lunchtime and we are amidst the pandemic and um we're sitting in my bedroom recording (laughs) the first episode of this amazing podcast so it's an honor to be here the (laughs) first one to grace yeah the podcast realm (laughs) okay so um take us back what has led you to be doing the work that you're you're doing today Um, well, I'd say let's go back to like childhood times. Um, and it's, it's not the nicest story to start out with. So I'd say I went through like quite a difficult, traumatic childhood and upbringing. Um, and I think for the short and sweet version, I think that's kind of what contributed me to go down this path of like health and wellness and spirituality and eventually become a yoga teacher as I am now and studying to become a meditation teacher. And yeah, I think some of that was definitely planted within me by my mum because my mum has always been into yoga, spirituality, meditation, um, doing a lot of like inner work on herself. Mm. My mum's a coach now, mostly in business, but yeah, so that was, I was, I always had that exposure to that kind of life and that path. Um, and yeah, so my mum always encouraged me like as a teenager and a child even to do yoga and things like that. And I really loved it as a child. And then I think when I came into my teens and stuff and became like just this angry, frustrated teenager, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then I sort of fell out of all that and I guess lost touch with myself and began to go down this path of, I guess, self-sabotage and destruction of 
partying a lot, drinking drugs, um, you know, not going to school. Um, mm. And, yeah, and I think this was kind of in res- – uh, like in spite of everything that I went through as a child and stuff and it was kind of my way of expressing my frustration with life. And yeah, the my, ultimate rebellion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so – then I guess as I went into my 20s, that's when I sort of realised I couldn't and didn't want to continue living that way. Yeah. Um, I think that's when I started to really feel just like quite empty inside. And and I constantly saw like happy people around me and stuff, like people that clearly had something figured out about life that I didn't have. Mm. Um, and I always thought like there's got to be something more to this whole experience and like us being here on this planet it can't be as miserable as I'm feeling right now and so I started to explore firstly kind of nutrition and just like general health and well-being um practices and avenues so I just want to just pause you for (laughs) one second so just for some background information so Joelle and I have had like the most similar journey we I mean we when did we meet like a year was, and a half ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was kind of, like, I remember Joelle as kind of, like, I, I didn't know her, and then all of a sudden I knew her. And yeah. it was, like, <laughs> that's Joelle. Like, and she was yeah. such a, like, part of my life very quickly. And mm-hmm. then we uncovered that we'd both gone and studied at the same university. We did one year of the degree, and then we both decided to leave. And we both had this affinity for yoga and meditation and, and you know, the unseen energetic world. And when we figured this out, we were just like instantly connected <laughs> and have been amazing friends ever since. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting, like going through life with someone that is kind of a mirror and we, yeah. Yeah, we have really similar milestone things that have happened where we can kind of have this conversation and, mm. and bounce off each other, which is just so enjoyable. Yeah. It's so funny how we both have that similar path. Yeah. Cancerian sister. Vibe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, so I, where was I, eventually got, yeah, started, started with, like, nutrition, health and well-being. Yeah. Um, as you said, like, did a year of a nutritional medicine degree and sort of decided at that point that as much as I loved it and it was one of my passions, it probably wasn't the career path I was looking for. So me being my stubborn self, I was like, I'm not spending more years in a degree and more money on something that's, like, not absolutely my heart and soul. So then after that, um, I did a bit more traveling and just working like hospitality and random jobs. Um, and then while I was currently at the time in a restaurant manager role, uh, I sort of discovered yoga and I discovered modern movement studio, which is, I think where we met Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and where I really fell in love with it. And then very quickly into finding yoga, I, decided I wanted to do my studies in becoming a yoga teacher. So went down that rabbit hole and um, saved up to go overseas and do my teacher training. And then when I got back, um, started teaching yoga and stuff. And in that time found meditation and I'm now currently studying that. Um, but I think I came to all of this out of a just through my path and my experiences and I've come across 
so many incredible practitioners of like all walks of life and all modalities Mm. um both like western and eastern medicine and and these people were just absolutely paramount each and every one of them in my own journey of like healing and to get to where I am today and I think through being exposed to that I was just like I absolutely have to offer to everyone whatever I've learned along this journey as well and be of service however I can and if I could just help one person in the way that those people helped me then like that's kind of my job done here Mm, you know mm. um yeah so just being of service to people and um I think that's always been my deeper call um and yeah amazing (laughs) yeah so I want to ask when you had this when you were younger and you had this realization that you were living a lifestyle that wasn't serving you and, and you felt this, you said emptiness, mm-hmm. was there a catalyst or something that, you know, an event or a relationship or, you know, was it just a knowing, was it a gradual thing? Did it happen rap- rapidly? Like how did it unfold this, this transition? Mm. I would love to say there was, like, some monumental event in my life that, like, made me wake up one day and just be like, oh, my God, like, I need to change. But I I do think it was just a gradual – it was just that I was just so sick of feeling, like, empty and unhappy um, and looking for happiness in all the places that I would never find it, like, Mm. you know, at the bottom of a bottle or, like, you know, a bender with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it would just leave me feeling more and more unfulfilled with life. And so I think it was just like a gradual depreciation of life for me. Um, And yeah, but I do remember there was like this one yoga class that my mum dragged me to. I must've been like 19 or 20 or something. And every other yoga class she dragged me to, I just, like, could not stand it. I hated, like, being in my body like that and having to, like, connect yeah. to all the feels and everything. Yeah, because sit that, with yourself. Yeah, because yeah. I just, like, could not stand, I guess, the head noise and all the emotions that came with that. Yeah. Like, I just wasn't ready to confront it. Um, but there was, like, this one yoga class and, it, you know, it was nothing, like, ethereal or esoteric. It was just super simple but for some reason, I was just able to really drop in, like mm. really drop in, really feel into it. And I felt really good and I felt really connected to myself and I felt really calm and grounded afterwards. Mm. And I think that it like ignited that curiosity of like, there's something more to this. Yeah. Like now I see why everyone comes back every single day to this practice. Um, and yeah, and I think that's what began or ignited my journey into yoga and and wanting to go back to that experience of experiencing myself. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so tell me about yoga. Like what what is – I mean, we think of yoga as this like asana practice or mm. I know like a lot of the world at the moment sees yoga as an exercise, but yeah. you and I both know that it goes very beyond that. Mm. So what has been like, what has been your experience with, with yoga and, and peeling back the, the layers of the onion of yourself mm. and yeah, how has the yoga practice kind of interweaved into that journey for you? Yeah. Great question. Um, 
So I guess when I first really got into yoga, like I did kids yoga and stuff like that. And I loved that as a little kid. And yeah. then obviously went through that phase of like hating it as a teenager. Cause like we just said, it forced me to face all that shit. I didn't want to face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but coming back to it, it was kind of just like this moment of relief, like this hour of relief mm. where I could just let go of everything that I was holding or going through that day and just come to my mat and just, you know, breathe into it and then let it go and then use movement as this kind of tool to understand and experience all the emotions going on in my body and everything. So I guess as I began to peel back those layers, you or I experienced that it's so much more than the physical practice. And I kind of realized that notion of like the body is just this wealth of knowledge and information, like being stored within your tissues. Yeah. Um, oh my God. It's like, just <laughs> like, it's so just, cause I have the very similar, um, very similar view of like what yoga means. And I, I see it like I have this analogy of like a, a sopping wet towel. Like we go into the room and we're just like this like floppy <laughs> saturated towel. And the practice is literally like wringing us yeah. out. And like, yeah. as you sweat in, in, especially in a hot room, you're, you're wringing out the tissue and the trauma and the experiences mm. and the mind chatter and all of this stuff is literally being wrung out of you. It's like, you just explained that so beautifully. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel the exact same way. And yeah, it's often after I finish the class, I feel like I'm starting afresh. I'm yeah. starting anew. Like I've I've taken Clean that slate. 60 minutes to like process and let go of all the emotion and um, and everything that was sitting within my body and my psyche. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yoga is this amazing avenue to not only like acknowledge and observe that because... I also think that yoga has been this really, really great tool for me to like for self-realization. Mm-hmm. Um, it's allowed me to really observe myself. And I think that can be quite hard when you're completely new to self-awareness and self-observation and self-inquiry Yeah. Um, to do that just by say sitting still in meditation. Yeah. So movement is this really great kind of tactile physical way to experience that mm. like yoga is kind of the gateway drug it was for me <laughs> <laughs> into yeah. like this whole world of spirituality and totally um yeah yeah i love that <laughs> <laughs> me too it's the legal gateway drug yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what um yeah great question and such a big big question too um but yeah it's definitely I believe it's subjective you know like spirituality can mean so many different things to so many different people and I definitely think that there's no right or wrong in that it's it's purely just your experience of it whether you choose to believe or buy into spirituality or not um it's it's just like, I think spirituality is life. Like yeah. it's, it's the bigger, deeper meaning of everything and like why we're here and who we are and what makes us us. And 
yeah, I think, I think for me, spirituality has been exploring this lifetime of existence, uh, and exploring all possibilities and potentialities of life. Um, love. Yeah. So whether, whether I believe, you know, the Vedic yoga, uh, philosophy and their explanation of like how we came into this life and why mm. we're here and stuff or or whether you know the that this is just a simulation and we're being controlled <laughs> by aliens like I kind of like to delve into all possibilities yeah um and explore all of them and yeah and really just get familiar with that and I'd say also spirituality for me is like expanding my consciousness. I think that's a really big part of it. Mm. Um, understanding that there's more to myself than just say my body and mind, like exploring that there's so much underneath this surface layer of existence and life. Mm. And like you said, peeling back the layers of the onion of oneself and and really getting down into like spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and really getting familiar with that and and I think. What does that feel like for you? Say like the this experience of spirit. Mm. Like, what does that feel like in your body? Have you had experiences of like you know this concept of flow state or channeling or this like yeah. you know the you you tend to just know the the right thing to say at the right time. Like, mm. what what is how does that manifest for you? Mm. I'd say yeah. There's there's multiple ways. Like you said, the the flow state, for example. Yeah. Um. Sometimes like I'll be teaching a yoga class and sometimes it might just come out like, and I'm like, what the hell just came out of my mouth. But other times yeah. stuff will come out where I'm just like, where the hell is this wisdom being channeled from? But it's coming from somewhere and right. it's coming out through me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes. And, and you're sort of, when you're in that flow state, you're sort of just in that crazy, like present moment awareness. Yes. Um, I think that's definitely, a manifestation of like spirit and yeah and I guess that's that oneness mm. of this universe consciousness divinity again whatever you subscribe to or whatever you want to call it mm. I think that's that's a great way to experience it probably for me the number one way I experience it is when I, I'm out in nature yeah um that's always the most accessible easy way for me to drop in and connect to this like higher intelligence that yeah. we're all a part of yeah uh and no that like every time without fail when i met, might be feeling small um or or like really stuck in my problems and stuff if i just go out and be in nature and connect to that energy it just takes that all away mm. and i'm suddenly a part of something bigger again yeah and um there's little separation to like me and the ground and the trees and the sky and the air it's mm. just all this like interconnected field of yeah. being yeah um yeah it's like you no longer are the center of your world you yeah. are a part of the bigger picture absolutely yeah. yeah and and everything's like this beautiful part of this beautiful flow of like giving life into one another mm. and it's this beautiful just collective energy 
And I feel like also yoga is a really great way to experience that as well sometimes. Um, I've, I definitely have had my fair share of practices, not every time, sometimes I'm still stuck in my head. Yeah. But where I just really drop into that space and I forget that there's like the mat and then mm. my skin and then yeah. like my body. <laughs> And you're just kind of just this like moving, moving yeah, ball oh, of energy, so, yeah, so bizarre, yeah. yeah. But it's a really, it's a almost like a dissociation. Feeling. Like I'm yeah. not I. This is just like substance and particles and matter, 100%. like moving through space. Yeah, it's so trippy. Yeah, when yeah. you like really break it down, and I love they talk about this in um, meditation a fair bit, but like when you really break it down to like the bare bones of what we're all made up of, like it's all just energy, mm-hmm. like we're all just manifested energy yeah um all coming from the same one thing mm-hmm. and yeah that's that's amazing and always like blows my mind yeah um and it's so funny how easy it is to fall out of that and identify with the body and the mind mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah <laughs> love mm. <laughs> um my next question for you oh i want to talk about meditation okay so a lot of people think that meditation is this practice of like sitting cross-legged you know straight spine close your eyes focus (laughs) on your breath and you just you don't think yeah can you just talk unpack that theory of you know stopping the mind from thinking yeah so let's just throw that image in the bin because <laughs> I yeah. think that's that's probably got to be like almost the number one barrier for people totally. is that they've got that like levitating yogi with, yeah. in like lotus pose in their head yeah. of that's what meditation is. And like, don't get me wrong, like I, I was once, I had that um, aspiration. Yeah, yeah, I in my head too, for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, I think everyone starts out almost unless you've got an amazing teacher that guides you from day one where we probably all start out in meditation just being like what the hell like I can't do this I can't stop the thoughts yeah. or still the mind yeah uh, and I think that's where most people give up yeah but I think if you have the right guidance and the right technique it's never about I mean also just to set just to say like I think there's so many different intentions we can have with meditation Um, so it really depends about why you're coming to the practice, what you're trying to achieve with it. Um, but for me, say with my practice, it's, it's never about stopping the thoughts. And I use the technique of a mantra based Mm -hmm. meditation, which is through the avenue of Vedic meditation, um, also known as transcendental meditation in like the U S and stuff. Um, but this mantra is simply to bring you back away from the thoughts so Mm -hmm. it's totally fine to have the thoughts we don't need to judge ourselves or ridicule or berate ourselves for thinking like that's just the nature of the human mind yeah but we have to realize and Eckhart Tolle talks about this really brilliantly in the power of now Mm. that which is literally on my yeah I didn't even notice that that. Um, amazing. Such a great book. Yeah. Every time you read it, there's just so many new profound teachings that come out of it. But so highly recommend to anyone listening, go read that book now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so Eckhart Tolle talks about that really, really well that 
the mind is like this incredible tool for thinking and like cognizing and intellectualizing things Mm. but that's only relevant and, and useful to us for like so much of our existence and and when we're always in that like state of like trying to think through everything um I don't think it serves us and yeah. we need to drop more into like what they talk about is like being yeah and just kind of our natural state mm-hmm. and even my teacher who's meditated for years and years and years I've only been meditating for like two years or something now but you do experience that like gradual gap between the thoughts. I remember when I first started, like my mind was just crazy all the time. And so I always just had to keep coming back to my mantra um, to gently guide me away from the thoughts in like a very effortless way, effortless way though. Mm. Um, Whereas now I experience like just small gaps in between the thoughts um, so my mind has definitely quietened a bit, yeah. but I don't think we're ever aiming for no thoughts. Yeah. You're either enlightened or you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's what makes meditation so hard for us is where we're trying to achieve like almost the impossible. And then we beat up ourselves for not being able to achieve that. Yeah. Whereas we just want to let go. Like we just want to completely let go of all like any expectation or outcome Mm. and just allow ourselves to be whatever that looks like for you whether you're one second you're thinking about like your to-do list and work and then the next is like spaghetti bolognese for dinner (laughs) and then like the children are screaming in the background it's actually when you start to like develop this mindfulness practice you and you kind of can become the observer and watch the mind Mm. it's hilarious yeah it makes no sense it makes no sense there's no there's no logical uh linear kind of storytelling it's it's just this jumping rampant like all over the place story of just like thought yeah and when you can like establish that observer perspective it's like wow like this is actual craziness why would i listen to craziness (laughs) exactly you realize that it's like just this radio constantly blaring like crap at you because that's just what it's there for yeah yeah and again that's why eckhart's book is so good because he also teaches you to stop identifying with that um because when you realize how like crazy it is up there yeah you'll you know then you start to realize like well, shit, I shouldn't be listening to this, like, crazy person inside my head. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, again, that's a great book to read to help you to step into that observing self um, mm. and to let go of the identification with the mind because, like I said, it does serve us to an extent. Um, problem solving, thinking things through um, for our jobs, for work, like, we do need the mind. Yeah. Um but we don't need to be in that state all the time. Yeah. I think. Mm. So yeah. Um, if anyone wants like a great, a really great way to first get into meditation, like insight timer is an awesome app. Yeah. Um, I use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got some amazing guided meditations and I think guided meditations are a really great way to start. If you're not yeah. ready to commit to like a full, meditation practice and go learn with a teacher Mm. just start with guided it's a really great way to um 
get experience with the practice and mm. cultivate and you, the you're being held through it it's yeah not just exactly like, here's your mantra good luck you know you're you're con- there's constantly a voice holding you mm. through the experience mm. yeah because i really do think you need that support like the modern day world we live in we're so in our heads yeah um yeah and it's not easy like it is absolutely not an easy task to just sit down and meditate like and back to that like image everyone has in their head of like yeah. straight spine yogi yeah. in the lotus pose like i literally i meditate in bed yeah i meditate like with my legs out like propped up with some pillows i always meditate with back support mm. um you we want to make it as comfortable and as effortless as possible yeah um don't make it hard for yourself don't think you've got to be sitting on some like rock in the bush uh and sit there for an hour while your back is like killing you yeah you know there's nothing what what is that going to achieve except for pain yeah and then you'll probably create like resentment resentment (laughs) towards the practice and like a bad relationship with meditation yeah just be gentle with yourself make it feel good make it feel comfortable um start with small time periods Mm. yeah build up to it yeah and then when you're ready maybe seek out a teacher and explore the different the different techniques and ways of learning to meditate like i know you just went on an amazing vipassana meditation yeah Yeah. it was interesting that um resentment piece like that really came up for me in that experience so if you're not familiar with it vipassana is a 10 day silent meditation retreat so you're basically meditating for 10 hours a day um it's a lot (laughs) um a lot yeah and you the the technique basically uses pain in the body to um you sit with the pain and you observe the pain and you don't react to the pain and that's the whole that's the whole process um I mean, obviously there's more to it, but that's the fundamentals. So mm. there was definitely resentment for me. Like going in every, we would do this um, group hour of determination where we literally just had to sit and you cannot move. And I'm talking like, this is the typical meditation, yogi sitting cross-legged, straight spine, not moving. That's what we're emulating. And the pain, like my knees literally felt like they were going to break and like I'm a yoga teacher I need my knees that was that was my story literally every day I'd just be sitting there and this excruciating pain would just come into my knee and I'd be like fuck it I need my knees and I'd put my legs out yeah yeah, so definitely that resentment but I guess this is you know I've been meditating for a very long time so I felt ready and equipped to go in and deal with that but if Mm. someone had never meditated before and gone into that setting they probably never would do it again. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Yeah. No, you'd be scarred for life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we touched on it super briefly, but I just want to backtrack for a sure. moment. What does enlightenment mean to you? Uh, <laughs> mm, I, I just laugh because whenever someone says that word to me, I've just got like a picture of the Buddha in my head. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, I guess I guess there's like again a few ways you could talk about enlightenment and I think again it's a word that comes with like quite a story attached to it. I agree. And a lot of stigma as yeah. well. Um and I guess a lot of people as they explore their spiritual path or begin to go down the spiritual path think that enlightenment is the goal. And perhaps quite a few spiritual traditions 
do make you think that that's where you need to eventually end up at. Yeah. Um, I think I probably, when I first started exploring all these things, I was thinking like, yeah, like, damn, I got to get to that enlightenment. And like, once I get there, it's just going to be so great. It's like, I don't know what I thought was going to happen once I got there. Um, (laughs) That enlightenment is just around the corner. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a funny thing because my meditation practice, if anything, has taught me like, let go of all outcomes and expectations. Yeah. That's in a way what sets us up for, and again, Eckhart talks about this really great in a really great way. Um, but that's what sets us up for disappointment. And that's what creates suffering is when we think life or a situation or an experience should go a certain way or be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't, we're unhappy. Yeah. Um, so in a way this, this craving for enlightenment is actually, so you're supposed to achieve enlightenment by craving to yeah. be a certain way. It goes against the complete notion of what it is. Yeah. yeah. In a way, it's almost confused me a little because I'm like, so then you're kind of saying to people, well, if like enlightenment is the goal, you're constantly working towards that. Something that is not now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's like, then it's never enough until you're there. Yeah. So I don't know. I've always been a little like, I get that for, you know, monks and stuff, um, they live like a very different monastic life. Yeah. Um, and perhaps that might be their goal. Um, and I don't know what that looks like, whether when, when you're enlightened, like you transcend your body or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think for me, I just rather think of it as my sort of enlightenment is just that like continually making, setting the intention to, keep working on myself and keep peeling back the layers and um, keep digging deeper on what this life is all about and, and how can I show up better for myself and others. Mm. And I guess that's my road or path to enlightenment is, um, yeah, just keep doing the work, keep inquiring, keep exploring, keep doing the practices and eventually – I think your experience of life just becomes more deep and fulfilled and joyful and peaceful. Um, yeah. Love. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to shift gears a little bit here. So we talked we talked about um, a lot of our a lot of our relationship has kind of in our experiences, we, we talk a lot about the masculine and feminine energies. Mm. So this is something that I think, you know, and we've both shared this with each other and that we both have this ability to embody the, like this divine feminine sort of, um, nurturing, um, loving energy, this like really soft, um, mm. g- like grounded, but, so, but still stable, um, like, embodiment but in the flick of a switch we can really take on that really hardcore masculine get shit done own the house own the job have everything like this very like logical systematic approach to life Mm -hmm. and business 
Um, so I just want to dive into that a little bit and just talk about your experience kind of navigating between the two, mm-hmm. how you can like acknowledge when you might be too far in your masculine, especially in, in relationship, yeah. um, how you, the tools that you use as well to pull yourself back into that softer feminine embodiment. Mm. Yeah, I love this topic and um, I still feel like I'm very much a student of this uh, Every day. As- yeah, aspect <laughs> of life because yeah. um, I probably only started really tapping into this stuff like last year yeah. um, and really noticing that there are those really different energies and sometimes it's really strong and significant um, and sometimes it's really, really subtle mm-hmm. and I just want to first off say that I think like for everyone what they define or what they feel into as feminine or masculine like it's it could be so different you know um so there's no again like I've said with spirituality like there's no right or wrong it's literally just your perspective and feel on it all yeah um so yeah, I guess navigating it, that's that's been quite a theme for me lately, especially because once I graduated from yoga teacher training, um, I then started teaching part-time and was just like working in a cafe to try and make ends meet. Um, and that aspect of my life was definitely very feminine because yeah. I feel like for the most part, being a yoga teacher requires you to step into your feminine um you're yes at times like there's a bit of masculinity involved where you know you're you're holding the space but you're also commanding the space and you do need to be kind of an authority figure you're keeping people safe yeah um you're leading but at the same time you are creating like a safe nurturing space and environment for people um it's requires you to be soft and gentle um and loving and kind and compassionate and understanding creative as well um the feminine is very creative in my mind yeah um so that that part of my life for like a good six months was yeah very very soft and feminine because I wasn't working like crazy during that time I was trying to be really creative with like you know writing sequences for yoga classes and um and and this was when you called in your partner yes (laughs) yeah yep um almost immediately after I got back from my yoga teacher training overseas uh did I meet the now love of my life (laughs) um I love it (laughs) and yeah so we started dating at the beginning of that time and I'll, I'll come back to that, but yeah, so I was in this like very soft feminine time and I had quite a bit of spare time as well to create and really manifest what I wanted, um, and what I wanted my future to look like. And there was, you know, days of lying at the beach, writing out yoga classes and like, yeah, yeah, it was this like much slower time in my life, um, and there wasn't much masculine and, and going back to my relationship, um, I was probably also showing up as like very feminine in a, in a way I almost feel like when, when you kind of meet the man at first, you are strongly in that feminine, that like 
totally um sensual intimate side of you yeah um that's flirtatious and soft and um and all that so (laughs) (laughs) we're both like getting giddy (laughs) i was just like thinking back to that time and i was like oh (laughs) i know it's so Um, yeah hilarious (laughs) uh so then after about a couple months of teaching i got offered a job at one of the studios i taught at to be the studio manager yeah um which is pretty crazy and cool it's and so amazing at this point in your teaching journey to be mm. asked to step forward as a manager and i just think it totally reflects your ability to have both the polarity of yeah. yes you can teach the class and hold the space and be that nurture mother but you also have that capacity to step in and be the manager and be the firm voice and you know guide a team which mm. is just like amazing yeah thank you yeah it was it was quite a surprise like I didn't see it coming at all but I sort of thought like and at first I was hesitant because I was like oh I've created like I'm currently you know not earning a great deal of money and um and not working a whole heap but I've got this like much slower lifestyle now and it's it's so stress-free and um I have quite a lot of time to myself and Mm. time to be creative and time to be self-indulgent and a lot of self-care and everything, which again, all All that feminine. feminine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I was like, God, like I'm going to be kind of moving into that more masculine side of myself. But in a way I sort of knew I couldn't sustain that really feminine lifestyle because a, it's just not me. And I think that navigating through the masculine and feminine, like, part of honoring both is balancing both. Yeah. Um, and it can be a slippery slope because the line can be pretty fine. Um, and it's always ever changing. Yeah. Um, so I always knew that there's a side of me that really loves like business and entrepreneurship and, um, really tapping into that side of myself and, and being a leader and stuff like that. And so I just thought like, why not? I'm just going to do it. Like, what have I got to lose? So I started that at like the end of January, so the beginning of this year. Mm. And that was a crazy first month because it was kind of just like being thrown into the deep end with that job. Um, And it was a lot of hours and, um, you know, managing like quite a big team of people and working with a team because this studio was part of a gym. So... um, working with that like whole gym side of everything which Mm. is obviously like very masculine yeah um but yeah I I loved really getting to step into that masculine side of me and when I did um step into that more like structured part of me that that yeah is more authoritative more commanding um logical mind uh being strong and assertive and like stepping into that role really had to teach me to really cultivate those aspects of myself more because Mm. I'd say just as a human being I do struggle a bit with like being assertive Mm -hmm. and don't feel like it comes naturally to me um and this job was definitely like demanding that of me yeah and there's no way I could have done my job well if I didn't really step into my own power yeah and and step more into my masculine but it's funny I feel like I stepped really heavily into my masculine 
and from doing that I I lost a bit of the feminine and then I found it quite hard to drop into the yoga teacher Mm. side of myself yeah and at times I would literally have five minutes to switch I'd be say like talking to clients and um being the manager and then I had to switch from that within five minutes to go into my yoga class and teach my class yeah and what did you do in that transition in that five minutes yeah (laughs) (laughs) um well I didn't get much done in that five minutes apart from a few deep breaths and stuff (laughs) but I sort of really learned quite quickly the hard way that that was not enough time to flick the switch yeah um you're completely like changing the the tune of your energy and mm. in quite a significant way and so I realized I needed like at least a good hour to to switch into that and drop into that through meditation or just completely saying to myself like not looking at any emails like not looking at my phone nothing mm. like that I mm. have to cut myself off from the whole um, setting of work and because I how I think of like masculine and feminine is what like when I'm in my masculine, like I'm usually in my head yeah. and I'm in my logical mind and I'm intellectualizing things and yeah. getting shit done. Yeah. Um, and when I'm in my feminine, the yoga teacher, I'm dropping more into my heart and I'm yeah. feeling things out. And, and it was funny. Like I remember the first few yoga classes I taught when I just stepped into this role, were just like, <laughs> It just felt so off and so wrong for me because um, I felt I, – I could feel that I was in my head. Yeah. And everything I was trying to, like, think about what to say and, like, how to guide the class. And I absolutely wasn't in my heart at the time. And it just didn't flow right. So mm. it was really interesting watching, like, the manifestation of that, me being in the wrong energy space for what was being demanded of me in that moment. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so I started to learn like, okay, I really need to create some separation between these two energies of myself and these two workspaces, mm. even though they're like so close, close together and <laughs> interweaved yeah. within each other. Yeah. Um, and obviously I, you know, could only do that within reason, but I found it was the best if I could just have like my days where I was just teaching and in my yoga brain and like. Mm. They're the days that I write my classes out, um, do all the work that are that needs me to be in that space on those days. Yeah. And then on the other days, that's where I don't address all the yoga stuff and I'm, you know, answering emails, dealing with clients, like doing schedules, um, doing social media, whatever it might be that yeah. was required of me. Um, I needed to create that space. And I guess also like ways in which to help me like drop into either or so for example like having a full working day of being in that like masculine energy mm-hmm. um coming home from that like you need to and I think we've talked a lot about that how yeah especially when you're in a relationship um you need to be able to drop out of that yeah um otherwise you're going to be starting to like manage your partner yeah and no one likes that <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I, I had to learn as well what I needed to do, what I needed of myself to be able to drop back into 
that more feminine energy when I came home from work. Mm. Um, so so what what things were you doing? Like what were what are the tools? Um, so the tools I would say, and it's very much learn as you go. I find because you've really just got to tap into like what that energy feels like. Like what does yeah what does feminine feel like for you, mm-hmm. and then go from there. Like what what activities do you perform that makes you feel feminine? Um, and so. For me, I'd say like cooking. I love cooking. Like yeah. it's super. I know it's not like that for everyone, but it's very therapeutic for me. And oh my gosh, the best. Yeah, I. It almost makes me feel like maternal, and that's yeah. the way I'm like nurturing myself. That's a very cancer thing as well. Oh, 100 percent. So, do you have a cancer moon? Or cancer no, rising? I've got cancer sun. But oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. but yeah, um, Leo moon and Libra rising. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the cat, the cancer. The, this affinity to food mm. and, and providing and that, mm. like, nurturing mother, um, you know, feeding the loved ones. Like, yes. that's such a yeah. cancerian... It's your way of, like, providing and... Yeah, um, yeah. Feeding Looking family. after yourself and others. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I just find cooking, like, therapeutic and almost meditative for me because I, I just love it and and can just sort of go into, like kind of tune out from the world and just go into my little yeah. kitchen zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, cooking would be one. Um, yoga is definitely, definitely helps me to drop into that feminine space. Mm. Um, a lot of, like, self-care rituals, like baths. Baths, baths. are such, a, such, such a an amazing to. one. Yeah. Love. Especially when you get all the essential oils yeah. and maybe even some bubble baths. <laughs> Do you want to be really yeah. indulgent? A candle. <laughs> yeah. Some music. Yeah. Um, just going for walks in nature. I wouldn't say that that's necessarily like really feminine for me, but it just helps me I think me it to depends balance. how you do it as well though. Like yeah. if you go, okay, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to walk 5Ks. I'm going to do it really, really fast. Yeah. I'm going to listen to a podcast and I'm going to just walk yeah. in one straight line. Like that's masculine. Totally. But if you go, I'm going to go for a walk and yeah. I'm going to like walk around the rocks in a bikini the and like <laughs> look at the birds in the trees yeah. and like listen to music and yeah. maybe dance a little bit on my walk. Like yeah. that's feminine. And totally. It's like, totally the mindset. Yeah. yeah. It's about all about how you approach it. Yeah. yeah. So with that being said, like a lot of those things you can, um, you can change the energy of it. It's all about how you approach it. Like yeah. I could go into the kitchen and be like, "Cool, I've got to like ma- like cook up like <laughs> a week's of like a week's worth of meal prep yeah. and like yeah. bake brownies and do all this stuff." And like <laughs> that's probably going to require me to be more structured and masculine and like get shit yeah. done. Not just like this. Oh, I'm going to take my time and be really slow and like mindful and maybe drink a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Like a phone call with friends. Like it's always a really great great way to balance is like chatting to girlfriends yeah um i think that's such oh, a feminine thing yeah i literally feel such a big shift like if i yeah. ever get into that space where i'm like i'm in a funk i just feel like icky something doesn't feel right really in my head totally. if i just get on the phone and just like vocalize that to another woman it's mm. just like this grounding and you feel heard and understood and it's just like yeah it's the yeah best. absolutely i think I think for most women, we need that, like, woman-to-woman connection. I think we're just more, like, social beings in a way. Yeah, yeah. 
and we are hence why I like cycles sync up and stuff like that like we are all so connected to one another blown my mind yeah yeah um I'll go I'll finish on that that I'd say and then sort of more masculine ways or also for feminine like just being creative yeah like arts and crafts and stuff like that like I just love that love that Mm. stuff um even you know things like going to the farmer's market and like buying flowers and stuff like that um beautifying your home and your space um those all really like help me to even just really simple stuff like burning some incense or like diffusing some essential oils really simple touches like that to your home or your space Mm. um i think really helps to nurture the feminine um and then for the masculine yeah like really intentional movement like i'm gonna go for a run um that for me is kind of more cathartic and more masculine yeah um and breath work and stuff I find that's really masculine for me Mm. um I think they talk about that a fair bit that kind of like Shakti Shiva energy yeah yeah um if you want to go into like yogi terms um but yeah what else would be more masculine I guess like manifesting and goal setting stuff like that that really helps me to step into my masculine like really get shit done be more proactive um planning goal setting um even just when I like write in my diary my schedule for the week and stuff like that like yeah um my to-do list like that's that requires my masculine side of me Mm. to get all that done because if I was just in my feminine like I'd just be floating around my apartment in my pajamas like lighting palo santo doing yoga and like that's all fun and games <laughs> until you like the rent is up to pay and yeah, like, yeah. you've got nothing done and you've just baked some brownies or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like basically my life right now. Yeah. And that's well, okay. A lot of people's like, life right now. Totally. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're this, um, this pandemic, like this whole experience I'm caught instead of calling it the pandemic, I'm trying to call it the great pause. Mm, and I really love. feel like there's this shift from the hard and like let like let's be real our culture our society is masculine like go to go to school go to high school go to uni get a job work till you die like it's it's masculine like yeah the rat race the you know how much can you achieve how many books can you write like all the things it's masculine Mm. So right now, where we literally have this global pause, like we were just chatting before we um, went, before we started recording, and we were saying how it's almost like there's this universal holiday. Like people mm. are out at the beach, they're walking their dogs, they're, the parks are full and the beaches are full, which is, you know, people are social, socially isolating, kind of. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's, this, it's refreshing because yeah. it's almost like, people finally have this time to actually enjoy and be present in the life that they are constantly working for. Mm. So it's really interesting just to watch this unfold. Totally. And I I really feel like collectively, planetarily, we are in a shift. Like people talk about this all the time. The, the, the feminine, this feminist, um, like activation of the divine feminine where Mm. we're shifting paradigms. And I, I feel that so, so much in 
um, business, mindfulness. Like there's this, it's an evolution Mm. and it's exciting because I don't think we've ever been there before as a society to have this, you know, ability to, to be in the masculine and what we've been in for so many years, but to also honor and embody not just the women in our culture, but the men as well to really drop in and have that experience of presence and, and feminine kind Mm. of this like luxury. Mm. And I think it's, awesome to see the balance Mm, so beautifully said um yeah it's i i think we could say that like the humanity is definitely heavily in the masculine like that's that's what's gotten us to where we are now and that's amazing that's why we have like incredible advances in medicine and technology and industry and everything but um it's also destroying our planet. Totally. And, and I love that quote that, like, I think I read somewhere that's like, um, Mother Nature has sent us to our rooms to think about what we've yeah. done. <laughs> and that's, like, the great pause yeah. where yeah. Um, we now kind of have to rewrite the script of how we go about our days in the world and in society and, like, how we're doing everything because it's not sustainable and... And I think, I think you mostly see it in, in kind of, and that's what I mean by the rat race, like the workforce is that it's just like work these like ridiculous weeks and like absolutely flog yourself and burnout, um, total burnout. And, and yeah, people do that for like their entire lifetime to try and pay off their mortgages and, um, and yeah, like life is demanding of us to slow down and to simplify things and to go within and to soften Mm -hmm. um and to be more feminine um I think you particularly see it with women in the workforce as well that they're forced almost to be heavily in their masculine in order to be successful successful or to be taken seriously in their jobs yeah especially like women in like higher up roles Mm. um my mum would love to talk about this because she (laughs) is an executive business coach yeah um works a lot with like women in business yeah yeah um and that's what that book that we were that i told you about the other day playing big oh yeah yeah is just so great for so any women out there whether you're in business or it doesn't really matter, like you all need to read this book. Um, it talks about how so often women are playing small in work and in life mm-hmm. um, and not playing big. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. such a good book. Yeah. I feel like as women, we've kind of been trained to question ourselves like our bodies our minds Mm. our thoughts our conversations our fashion like Mm. it's just part of our society like we get picked apart yeah and it shows yeah like even just assessing myself like I have so like I have so many friends say to me like oh my gosh you're amazing all this stuff Mm. but internally I'm constantly picking myself apart and trying to yeah this this doubt yeah and it's like it it's the way that we're right. It's the way that we've been raised in our mm. society and our culture. Mm. And I, I just dream of the day where yeah. we have the same confidence and the same ability to like have an idea, have a concept and execute with no hesitation the way that men are doing right now. Yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
I know the day will come, but yeah, it's it's a little bit crazy how um, <clears throat> that a lot of societies say like, oh, women and men are equal now, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's still not the case. No. Like, what, we're in like 2020. Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, going back to like women in the workplace, I feel like in order for them to be seen as successful and like validated and stuff, they feel like they have to step into their masculine. And mm-hmm. then a lot of the time they lose touch with their natural feminine energy yeah um and i think that's what and also men too heavily being in the masculine yeah and straining yeah and yeah. that's why you see men find it so difficult these days to just open up and talk about how they're feeling like you see it all the time that it just makes them so uncomfortable and they yeah are so disconnected from their heart and soul and their body and what's going on for them inside because they're just so in that like logical mind yeah um and i think that's where the work lies for like all of us is to find that balance of being successful and fulfilled in like whatever you're doing and balancing that like masculine with the feminine energy and Mm. and that's what i mean by it's like a slippery slope because it's it's hard especially in this modern day world where so often like the world is demanding of you to be masculine in order to keep up yeah to keep up in the rat race to keep pushing and straining ourselves day in day out yeah i feel like that's why so many people come to yoga and meditation yeah um because they need to go too far counteract yeah 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 yes okay (laughs) i have rapid fire questions for you now are you ready okay i'm ready hit me <laughs> okay what is your number one health hack number one health hack oh i'm not gonna be very good at this rapid fire <laughs> <laughs> you're um, like let me think <laughs> uh go out in nature it's got to be go- just get yourself out in nature nice um yeah if you could go back and give your give advice one piece of advice to your 18 year old self <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? Um, apart from stop drinking, stop drinking, <laughs> <and taking> drugs. <laughs> God forbid. Um, it would it would just be like it's going to be okay. Like it's just it's gonna be okay. There will be relief. Um, you will find happiness. I just love like, yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself. Goosebumps. Yeah. God, she just needed like a whole lot of love. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all can at that time. Okay. <laughs> what area of your life needs the most attention right now? Um, I'd say the area that needs most attention is, is my relationship to myself. Um, I think I, I find it easy to look after and support others but and this is probably the case for most people but um I often lack in giving that compassion and that self-love to myself yeah I I still my inner critic is still a lot louder than I'd like her to be yeah yeah (laughs) um and yeah I think this is a great time now the collective pause (laughs) to really work on that and and honor what I really need and um 
and just nurture myself and give myself a lot of love and self-care right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's been a, a stressful few months, I think. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. What are you most excited for? The future. <laughs> um, to be a bit more specific, I, just like while I can appreciate even for myself, like this has been a really crazy time of stress and uncertainty and, um, and instability. And that can be really unnerving for Mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. Um, and I've experienced that myself. I'm not immune to it, but out of this time, like we have so much time now. I'm so excited about that. Uh, you know, like the number one thing people say when you ask them is like, how are you? Is they say busy. And now we have all this time and I'm so excited for like the creative potential and all the possibilities and opportunities that come with this time. And there's so much time for me to now dive deep into my meditation studies Mm. and really get clear on like what I want the future to look like and, and how I can create that. Love. (laughs) Okay. Well, is there... Any final words, anything that you would like to share or anything that you wish that I'd asked you about, but I didn't? No, I, I think this, this, I loved this discuss, discussion. I, it was so I literally great. feel like we could just sit here and talk for hours. Oh, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's always the case with us when we get into, I know, um, a chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> love a good chit chat. <laughs> um, no, I think that covered it, I guess. Yeah, just everyone, books to read. I feel like after I listen to a podcast, I love having books and, like, resources I can go to. So I'd say for people, go and read The Power of Now. Yeah. Um, If you want to dive into that deep self-inquiry, observational self-meditation stuff. Um, And two more books. Okay, and then Playing Big by Tara Moore. I'm going to add this to my list of questions. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so Playing Big by Tara Moore. Yes, it's geared towards females, but honestly, like, men could read it and still take so many valuable lessons from it. Um, Tara is, like, a life coach um, and particularly works with women, both in just business but in their general life. Um and how to help us like really step up into our self owning like our own power mm. and um so that we can like really achieve and be successful in whatever we want to and and stop playing small and being little yeah um third book um there's so many good ones. <laughs> I know, it's so hard. I know. Whenever I get asked this question, I'm just, yeah, awestruck. Um, I would actually say, oh, there's so many, but let's go with The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Nice. Um, I think that's a great book into... That, that really covers quite well of, like, what is spirituality, I think. Yeah. Because it still uses, like, I know especially if you're new into this whole realm of spirituality and um and stuff like that self-improvement or whatever you want to call it uh a lot of the books can just be like super information heavy and maybe even a little bit dry for you yeah um whereas the alchemist like it's it's 
riddled with so many life lessons. Yeah, it's like a metaphorical story. Totally, and so much wisdom. But, yeah, it's all um, presented within the frame of a story, a really Mm. great story. So Love a good um, metaphor. Yes, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, Metaphors are the breath of my life. Yes. Oh, how very wise. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure. We'll have Mm. to do it again. Um, Definitely. (laughs) Okay, bye. Thanks, everyone. How amazing is Joelle? She has so much knowledge, such a beautiful way of articulating it. And when I listen back to her, I realize that sometimes I can speak at a million miles an hour and that there's a lot of value in taking a breath and slowing down. So I would love to hear your thoughts. If you love this episode, please share it on social media, Instagram, um, tag me at Kara and Ewan. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts and yeah, requests for future episodes. Um, this is going to be such an evolutionary journey. I'm so excited and I can't wait to really start to share with you guys a little bit more about me and what has led me here. So please subscribe because I'm going to be releasing a new episode every week and you don't want to miss it. So I'll see you guys next week. Bye.